Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing, playing the Dragonborn fighter slash wizard, Juliet's. And Shane. This me playing Alexander, the, uh, the bard wizard man. And Oliver. I am Oliver. I will be playing... Edo Belmont, the Hellsworn Paladin. And John. Hey, I'm playing Alunidas, Elven Monk. Where we left you last time is uh, we kind of did split episodes, and Alunidas and Talia went off and met with the Thieves Guild and got a very rewarding job knocking over a magic shop. Um, and then we switched over to. Alexander and Juliet, who are um, beginning their studies at the Isle of Insight, they were given a both given spell books. They have uh, every spell from cantrip to second level. Alexander went and met with some of the students, first year students of the tower, and uh, got to know them and some of their motivations. The next day, uh, Alexander and Juliet are were in the library uh, studying. And, uh, doing some research and um, it's the end of the class day and that's where we find ourselves now um, you are uh, dismissed from class and you're still in the library so what are you doing so we're in the the library correct yeah you just got finished talking to uh, Wesson Widget Smith the uh, the uh, studious gnome okay and you had uh, asked if uh, you could get together at some time to uh, study. Yes. Which I will take up, but it's going to be after I meet the rest of the party back. Uh, so I'm going to say farewell to Widget, but uh, I'm going to tell him that I might I might find a way for us to have an exception made and uh, we'd be able to get to the higher levels. He's like, oh, that would be awesome. Like, which ones? Uh, well, I mean, we could theoretically go as high as we wanted. I mean, it'd be great to be on level nine, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I, I don't know how they would let us up there. I mean, we've only been here a couple of days. Yeah, I know. But uh, uh, one of the teachers has taken a liking to me. So uh, we'll see how far I can get with that. I'll just let me know. That sounds great. I will be the first one to let you know. Uh, only one, probably. But, oh, and uh, are you normally here after school? Um, sometimes. Okay, I'll have to get your schedule then. See what's up. 
that way we can arrange whatever it is if it goes through at all. Well, I do spend a lot of time in my room studying and reading. I like to read. That makes two of us. All right, well, I will stop by at some point in the near future, even if it's just to study whatever level we have here, which is a shame, but... Or just stop by to say hello. Are we friends now? You know what? I think we can say we're friends. Oh, that's great. I'll be able to write home to mom and dad and tell them I made a friend. And she's now that's a, the kind of writing I like to hear. And she's a dragonborn. Oh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Wait, your mother's a dragonborn? No, you are, silly. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Well, I will see you around then, and I'll catch up with you later. Sounds great, friend. Uh, before you leave, give me a perception check, Juliet. Sure. 13. Um, you notice that Wesson Widget Smith, your new friend, is about the same size as Talia. No, why would you do this to me? Do what? Well, we'll find out later in the episode, won't we? So I got this all planned out and shit. That's uh... just information, man. I'm not telling you what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. All right, I get it. So yeah, I'm going to leave my new friend behind and get back to the inn. Alrighty, that sounds good. Uh, are you going to grab uh, uh, Alexander? I'm assuming who's still in the library with you. Yep. I mean, if you're done studying, Alexander, I'd love for you to accompany back where we can talk. Yeah, I'm sounds good. Sounds pretty creepy. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's uh, that kind of talk that uh, that boy was trying to do with the drow. <laughs> All right, so uh, you guys headed back to the inn? Uh, yes. Okay, so we'll say you uh, make it back to the inn, and uh, you go up the elevator, and um, let's say uh, Alexander opens his door, and uh, inside he sees Adel. <laughs> what are you doing here? How do you even get in here? Ways. He's got charisma and intimidation. And Satan. Hmm. Where were you? Places. Doing some business. What Look kind of business? Uh, the Souls variety. Questionable. Yeah, what about it? Eh, it's whatever. You gonna question me? Oh. You, you, I see you saw that Adel has joined us. Now we can bring him up to speed on what we've been doing and uh, let him know what our plan is going to be for getting into the tower. Aludadas sets down a tray of cheeses. I like cheeses. I begin to eat cheeses. John and uh, Talia um, have uh, heard uh, everybody come in and you're gathering in uh, Alexander's room. Sounds like. Unless Talia was out wandering the city or something. Probably not. Probably not yet. Alright, so the gang's all here. Hey, everyone. Adel, what the hell are you doing here? How'd you even get all the... You know what? You're here now. We'll have to deal with you. It's okay. It's okay. Everything's okay. For now, let's go ahead and uh, discuss the heist. Oh, I mean, we've only been here two days. 
we should it, it, it sounds like a big job we should plan ahead and get ready like even if it takes a couple weeks for us to get it going we need to we need to have a plan yes indeed okay so where do we start so uh how do we get I'm into the scout out the area first well that's that's part of the thing uh our scouting procedure might not work this time around because you get caught you're caught you're dead you're done and we need to not uh get our contacts back in karn lee burned literally and figuratively you two as mages entering into the tower you have identities tied to directly to our mage friend back in Karn Lee. So if we get tied to this robbery, so will he. So we need to not get caught. It's imperative more than ever. Makes sense. And uh, Juliet, it might be a good time to explain to them what you found in the, uh, the documents and maps and all the plans uh, we talked about last episode. I don't think they're aware of that. Oh, yes. Uh, in addition to the robes and the sigils and all this other stuff that we got for the tower, we have an awful lot of information, which is where I I think you were headed, Adel, in terms of scouting. We need plans and places to go and some kind of plan to follow that sort of thing. Thankfully, our gracious patrons supplied us with just that. So, in addition to just general access to the tower, we also have all of the pass rooms to every level from, I believe the bottom is sub-level 9 and the top is 100. We have every single password for all of this stuff. So we have complete freedom throughout the tower. The problem is once we get outside the elevator, we don't know what's there. And like I said, you get caught, you're gone. But we have guard patterns and stuff of the city as well. We have to use these guard patrols some way. Either we attack during the night or we find some people to pin our crime on. Something like that. I know you had some friends you hung out with, uh, Alexander. How'd that go, anyway? Ended up pretty good. Had a good time. Met uh, met a lot of the people through introduction. Did they seem gullible enough to you to be manipulated around? Or at least Uh, friendly? Excessively so. Perfect. Since they also go to the tower, they, too, will have sigils and robes. So if we can steal a pair or something like that off of them, then what we're going to need to do, if we want everyone to get in a tower, and I honestly don't think Alexander and myself are going to be enough to complete our goal, we need to grab some robes and sigils off of them so we can smuggle the rest of you in here as well. What if we get the other students incredibly drunk, steal their robes, uh, and get in the tower that way? That could work. Are they willing to go streaking, though? Well, if we drug them, then they might not remember anything, and they might believe they did any damn fool thing. Alexander, give me a wisdom check. I am wisdomic. One moment. Or history. (laughs) Recent history. Nine on wisdom, 14 on history. Okay, so you remember when you went to the docks that no one was wearing their student robes, that it looked like they were kind of like incognito, sort of like you were not wearing your robes to the docks. I go and express this. Ah, most descriptive answer. Um, <laughs> maybe you could catch them right after school. I mean, if they're so gullible, maybe you could go and convince them to come, even with their robes. Maybe or, they can change on the while way. they're out, we could break into their rooms and steal their robes. You could get an invitation into their rooms, and while they're, you know, distracted doing something, then, 
you know, snatch an extra pair of robes or, or something of the like. True. Um, do we know where the robes come from? Probably uh, one of the manufacturers inside the tower. And the sigil is also important. I think stealing theirs is probably simpler than trying to steal some from the source. Yeah. Okay, so there there is a problem there. We can't we have to get the stuff to be able to get the stuff in their rooms. Could you sneak Talia in under your robes? I had not considered that. Maybe you could take like all the small people and we'll put like three monkeys in a robe. <laughs> Act like a person. Alexander lures them out for a party. Alunidas and Talia, together wearing his robes, go in there with Juliet. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. God damn it. So while Alexander is getting them stupid drunk, Lunadas and Talia are helping Juliet steal three pairs of robes. Hell yeah. Then we can get into the tower and do what we need to do in the tower. Well, there was also that um, that boy that I met on the, on the boat. I wonder if I could get him to give me a tour of the, of the tower, if he can get me in. That way I don't have to sit on someone's shoulders. <laughs> or under the true. robe. That would be only, you know, for the first part of the operation. You could get your own robes for the second part. Exactly. Well, once I'm in there, I can I can hopefully snag someone's robes. But, you know. I'm not 100% sure visitors are allowed, but I guess since they have dorms or rooms or whatever you want to call them upstairs, that might be a possibility. What does it say in the student handbook, Kevin? <laughs> Section 12A, paragraph 2 of the student's handbook states that all visitors must sign in and be accompanied by a member of the tower at all times, and no boys in the girls' rooms after dark. (laughs) You do know this, that you have seen people in the tower who were not wearing robes that appeared to be there on business, but it may look odd if you're, you know, someone's walking around the tower at, you know, 1 a.m., who's not a member of the tower because they wouldn't have business there at one or two o'clock in the morning. They would look really suspicious. So you don't necessarily think that, uh, you know, they would have to be under your robes or something to get into the tower itself because you have access to the tower. All right. So we can get into the tower easily enough. Sounds like anyway, what do we do once we're in the tower? Oh, that's where things get kind of tricky, but kind of easy. Obviously, they're going to have magical wards and all sorts of stuff all over the place. But there are three places they probably won't have. And in fact, the third one I I can think of where we are more than able to sneak in, ironically. The first one is the upstairs rooms, namely the manufactories and the upper library. They have tons of stuff, tons of information. Who knows? They might even have stuff about uh, rune axis. So, there's a lot of valuable stuff up there, but you do need to have the permissions to get up there. We have the passwords and such, but if there's a librarian there, there's going to be trouble. And the manufacturers are almost certainly staffed by people. The second place we could break in is down below. There are a whole bunch of dangerous monsters and crazed magi, magicians, wizards, who knows, that are trapped down there. And they're surrounded by considerable wards, but just above that... There's the animal test specimens, which I imagine are a lot less do- or a lot more docile, but probably too dangerous to just let roam the tower. And the way these two connect is that if we get information on Rune Axis at the top, 
and we let the specimens go at the bottom. The people are going to be racing up and down the elevator, not sure where to go. There might be uh, people abandoning their posts at the library to help control uh, some sort of thing that we could let loose. And then finally, the third one is our objective, the amulet. Does anyone have any thoughts, criticisms, critiques? Is there any way up besides the elevator? No. Well, I like the idea of taking advantage of the students, making this look like a prank that they did while really drunk. Okay, that could be possible. Uh, what you have in mind? Well, you said that there were creatures. Yeah. You go down to that level, release all the creatures, and carry them up and down, do all sorts of levels, and let them loose. While people are running around trying to collect those, we do something else while they're distracted. That is to say, we get the amulet. And I then mean, in the we morning, get... oh. we can pretend that we had nothing to do with it, and uh, it was all the drunk people. If we get them drunk enough, maybe they won't even remember and think maybe they did do it. How are you going to smuggle alcohol in there, though? At least that much. Well, we don't have to smuggle it in if we get the students to come out, and Alexander has friends. Or Alexander is friends with several of them. So he invites them out for another party, and we get them drunk or drug them, whatever, and make them think that they pulled a prank. Okay, but how do we pin the release of the animals or whatnot to these guys who are going to get drunk outside the tower? Do they have personal items, jewelry, something like that? We could make it look like they dropped while doing this stupid prank. That's a question for Alexander. What say you? I'm sure they have something on at least. I mean, they are all from rich families for the most part anyways. Okay, so we could definitely do that. Although them leaving random trinkets around does seem kind of silly. Well, maybe if we just leave one and maybe release one of the animals in one of their rooms. So we would release all the animals, leave some evidence, then go up the elevator to their rooms. Do we even have access to their rooms? I don't know if we can unlock it. Uh, yeah, you would have access to the uh, the student quarters. So we can just go inside their rooms at any time? Um, well, they may be locked. We have access to the floor, and Tali could probably give us access to the rooms, unless the rooms also have magical locks. Yeah, you don't know if they've got magical locks or not, because you haven't been in there. Well, I take that back. Ale- er, Alexander has been in the dorm. Yeah, I've, uh, but I probably wouldn't know if they have magic locks or not, right? I mean, I've just walked inside and said, hey. Right. We do have a month to figure this all out, so nothing has to be super quick. Yeah, we don't have to do this, like, tomorrow, but maybe in the next couple days do some reconnaissance and then get it done and get gone. Yeah. Well, I don't know about getting gone, at least not right away. If we leave, you know, at the same time that their amulet goes missing, if they notice immediately that the amulet goes missing, then it would get pinned on us. That's very true. But we probably need to get it off the island. As soon as possible, yes. Which presents us with a problem. We need to get it off the island right away without leaving the island. Well, we... I still have some studies to do on it, but we might have a way out for all of us without raising too much suspicion. And what's your idea? Alright, so... I've been studying things, and... It might have been suggested to me at some point that we have all of the spells from 
uh, novice and I guess lower novice level. So we have access to all of those in our spell books that they gave us. Inside that spell book, there are two spells I took note of. One of them was, in particular, uh, something that allows you to change your shape, only your own, but enough to make it malleable and useful in other ways. The second one I found is called, and this wizard I suppose is famous, Tensor. He's got Tensor's disc, something like that. And what it does is it holds a significant amount of weight and it will follow you around. So what I'm thinking is using these shape-changing spells, we could turn into some sort of uh, almost aquatic creatures. Go just as fast as we would walk on land, but in the sea. And have those tensors discs floating behind us. They stay there nice and true. Obviously, you don't want to go outside of whatever range they have. I still have to do research about that. But it would give us a way to literally walk away from the island. All of us. And plus, I have that uh, ring of uh, breathing. That is also true. But I do want to hear more about this idea of uh, staying on the island longer while someone goes and secrets it away. The amulet. Well, I'm thinking that uh, we just hang out on the island so no suspicion attaches to us. And if just one of us walks away, then they might not notice, especially if it's not one of the two of you, the, the students that they actually care about. Okay. So one of us takes the amulet and just walks away from the island and uh, goes back to Karn Lee to wait for the rest of us to avoid suspicion and eventually make our way back to Karn Lee. The only concern I have with that is the person who takes the amulet also should be taking all of our acquired knowledge, the passwords, the guards, the other notes and odds and ends we've collected that link us to, you know. The crime? The crime here, the crime across the The incriminating uh, land. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you should probably burn that shit. Yeah, that stuff burns. You don't necessarily even have to take it with you. That You can put that in a fire. I like taking notes, though. But I suppose if it is for this... Well, you know, burn the stuff that isn't necessarily super important, like the guard stuff, and then whoever takes the other stuff away can bring any information you want to keep with the with the necklace. Yes. So it sounds like we have at least the rudiments of a plan. Lure the students out of the tower. Alexander parties with them, gets them to drink to excess, or drugs them. Talia and Juliet go into the tower to retrieve their robes so that we have enough robes that we can all move around the tower without suspicion. And then some of us go down to get the amulet while the rest uh, release wild animals throughout the tower, making it look like the drunken students committed a prank. Then we all walk away, um, go back to the inn, and pretend that nothing happened. And one of us takes the amulet downriver to Carnley. Okay, so... I guess I will go? You have to stay here. You're one of the students they'll be paying attention to. Oh, right. It would have to be uh, myself, Talia, or Adel. Well, uh, 
it, it'll you've been gone a while, so I think you should stay here for a little bit longer. Maybe we can trust Talia with this. Please, no more. Please, no more traveling. I'm so sick of it. Literally, I I could go. I I like the idea of Talia uh, taking it back down river to Carnley. I'd like to point out how hilarious it is that you guys trust each other so little that you're willing to entrust the savior artifact to a street urchin kid that you've known less than a week. Uh, she can take this uh, ring of breathing. She wouldn't even need to worry about catching a boat. Just about being able to swim that far. Well, with the ring of breathing, you can just walk on the bottom of the river. That sounds like a not smart idea. Sounds exhausting. Oh, but she doesn't have to go all the way to Carmelie. She could just go across the river. Are there villages nearby? Um, yeah, I mean, there's um, very small villages, you know, that basically they're farmers that are supplying um, Carnley and um, the Isle of Insight with food. We could probably pay them off and uh, get us all out of here. We're trying well, to avoid again. all suspicion. Yeah, if, if you guys leave right away, it's going to be pretty obvious who stole what. Fair enough. But won't they interrogate us? That's what I would do. That is a good point. It depends yeah, on right. It depends on whether or not they have a reason to. Or they could just do it outright. <laughs> Establish alibis. That's that's the important thing. That might not be a bad idea. What if we give them like just in case? Um, they're probably going. They're probably going to notice that the amulet is gone, right? Oh yeah, eventually. So, what if we give them a target? Uh, to go after for that as well. In addition to pinning a prank on the students, let's go ahead and pin uh, the theft of the amulet on the drow that came to the island. I mean, people don't trust drow. They're sneaky. That's racist. Yes, absolutely. That's an so option, but what, them... that's an option. But what happens when they don't find the amulet on her? Well, it's just a matter of making sure they can't find her. Oh, I see where you're going with that. Yes. So I'm saying we kill her and either transmogify her body, destroy it completely somehow. I, d I don't know how magic can find things. Uh, Juliet, Alexander, any ideas about how we can make sure they can't find whatever's left of her? How deep uh, is... Uh, hey, Kevin, do we know how deep the... the is this a lake, I guess? Uh, yeah, it's a lake. Um, it's probably at least 100 feet deep or so. Okay. Um, Juliet, give me a Arcana check or a Wisdom check. And the rolls keep coming. Seven. A seven. Um, Ten. you would know that there's powerful divination magic, such as uh, like scrying, that can find somebody unless um they have some way of preventing that scrying, like a magical item or a spell to prevent it. Alright, so to dispose body permanently? I don't know if that's really possible. They can always just kind of look for her with magic. I personally haven't uh, experienced that, but I'm sure they have the means to do so. It should be possible. So in order to completely destroy, we need like a full disintegration type of uh, magic. I think that's well beyond us. Or maybe even just some small trinket that could block them from trying to find her. I mean, we are on a magic island. 
filled with the most proficient item magic item makers in the world. I'm sure we can do something. Oh, come on. What do you think? People just rob magic stores? <laughs> no, yeah. that's, that's, that's a bit too far-fetched. You're right. Totally not something that happens. Um, <laughs> did did Talia or John, I don't think you've discussed uh, what happened with them or like the I results. I thought Talia of bragged about it when we got back to Juliet. No, they were they were asleep. We didn't get a chance. Yeah, we were to... asleep. In any I, event, I... <laughs> um, we do have extra tools at our disposal, but I don't know that uh, how valuable they would be, such as this pair of sending stones that uh, we procured last night. And I have a cloak that hides me, uh, or attempts to hide me. Uh, so do we have, like, the the framework for almost a full plan? Not quite. Uh, well, All right. a lot of it. We need to work out some details. Like, what are we going to do? Like, if we do decide to pin this on the drow, uh, how are we going to hide her from their very powerful magics? We'd have to grab something from the manufactories. <laughs> uh, Alexander, give me an arcana, or arcana check or a wisdom check. Point two. Um, you would know that you would be able to hide her from scrying, but you would have to completely destroy this body like down to ash and spread the ash. I mean, there couldn't be like any bones or anything like that. Like a total cremation. Well, that's certainly easy enough to do. What if she was eaten? I just gotta say, I love that the podcast has turned into fantasy CSI from the perspective of the criminal. <laughs> I... Um, a giant toad. Edel, you feeling hungry? Um, <laughs> Jesus. Well, no, there God, are no. there are you know <laughs> nasty creatures down in the in the pits of of the tower. True. How do you eat a drow? One bite at a time. <laughs> How to get away with a fairly serious theft? <laughs> Yeah, in this case, the theft would probably be uh, more damning than the murder. <laughs> okay, let's let's go over what we what we need to know so far, like what we need to figure out so far. How often do ships and boats leave the docks of this island? I mean, is it like a busy port? Um, from what you saw when you came in, um, it seems fairly busy, but not anywhere to the level of Carnley. Um, you know, as you were coming in, there was probably two or three boats approaching, um, the, uh, Isle of Insight. And there was also, you know, maybe two or three boats that were leaving. So it's, it's not like an extremely busy port, but there's traffic coming in and out. I was thinking we could make it look like she, uh, skipped town via like a smuggler's vessel or maybe just hopped on a boat or something. Or that she met someone and they killed her there at the docks. I'm guessing there's smuggling of some kind. That would probably be something for Talia to research. I have contacts. All, all the really important thing is that we divert suspicion away from ourselves. I guess. Can they? Can they scry specifically for the necklace? Uh, you wouldn't know that. Well, I'm asking the people who would know that. <laughs> oh, Juliet probably. Fourteen on Arcana check. Fourteen um, Arcana. Did you have a 14 as well, Juliet? I had a 17. Okay, with the uh, 17, you would know that you can scry for objects, um, but as powerful as uh, an object that, as this is, um, you don't know whether or not you would be able to scry for it. Um, 
if it had some sort of uh, like non-detection spell on it um, or within a case because you do remember that when uh, you found the ring of planes you weren't able to detect it uh, magically because it was in a uh, box that prevented scrying damn we should take the box um can you prepare anything like that over the next few weeks? Do you have the ability to... Is that too high a level? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that would be much too high a level for uh, Juliet to create a magical item like that. Not to say you would not be able to find... Uh, not to say that you wouldn't be able to find something like that in uh, somewhere in Carnley, though. That um, is true. And you do if have a ton of money right now. If it can't be sensed magically um what are the chances of uh, of us making a decent replica and replacing it to further throw off suspicion that it's even been stolen there is a chance of that but you don't really even know what this thing looks like i mean you know that it's it's a gold amulet you know with jewels but that's about all you know you've never seen it you might be able to do some research in the library to see uh if you can find uh, like a drawing or something of it, because that might be even even better. Like steal it, replace it with with replica, and then you know either I can I can bolt with it if they discover it's stolen, or we can take our sweet time and wait for you guys to get kicked out of magic school. <laughs> we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> It'll already have happened by then. <laughs> you do have about a month that you know of and that's just and because we, can, we the, can use our own funds to to extend that time if we need to um, which again we have money yes so perhaps see if because if we got a replica then it doesn't even need to be you know some kind of a, a big thing we don't need to make a scene we can just send one person in to take it replace it and leave and you know give them a decent alibi but if we didn't make a ruckus it would be even better in my opinion indeed so just go straight for the item the amulet this thing is surrounded by traps and wards and spells of all kinds but you have a way to get through those yeah yes we do and we even have the spot where the amulet should be but nice will they game. notice that those wards and such have been dispelled? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, but most of the stuff inside the room is under some sort of non-detection type spell. So I imagine anybody who goes in there is not going to... They're either going to find the magic nullified if it's some sort of anti-magic, or we'll find something that's... Uh, well, won't give them any clue that we've been casting or are even in the room. Um, yeah, Steph told you that there's an anti-magic field inside the Citadel. Um, so unless you were taking that amulet out to study it in one of the research rooms or out of the Citadel, um, there's no way that you would be able to tell whether or not it's even magical if it's inside the, uh, the room. Hmm. So it sounds like a really, really good replica might pass unnoticed for a while, if we're lucky. We don't need to be lucky. Better lucky than good. All right. So it sounds like the plan now is you guys are 
just going for the the amulet you're not trying for a distraction or anything like that or let's burn the tower down pick through the ashes what do you say i don't know if it's flammable <laughs> everything's flammable if you work hard enough but it's stone ruin axis book of ruin axis <laughs> so let's try to nail down your plan what what what's your yeah. goals and what's your what's your tactics going to be and let's get everybody on board Let's see if we can find uh, a picture or a description of exactly what it looks like and see if, if making a replica is even possible. Otherwise, we'll go with the distraction and run method. Yeah, better research would probably be a good idea. Um, can Juliet and or Alexander sneak into that room and get a look at the amulet um, without being caught? Uh, that'd be pretty easy. Well, isn't it protected by word? That's why she gave you that scroll, and it's only usable once. Yeah, that's the thing. We'd have to disable the wards and hope that they stay disabled and stay undetected disabled. All right. Can you get into the library and do some hardcore research to see if you can't find a picture of the scroll or amulet? We yeah. certainly do some. Yeah, you would have to get access to the, uh, the one floor of the library that's uh, uh, magical theory and history. Which you could, you know, right now you don't have technically access to it because you're a first year. Um, so you can either try to get your teacher to let you have advanced access to it, or you could just use the uh, passwords that you have. But getting caught would mean getting kicked out early. Yeah. Or at least or being worse. punished. I, I don't think they're, they're going to execute you for getting access to a part of a library that higher level students would have. Well, I guess that's somewhat true. I mean, Gryffindor might lose some points. <laughs> and maybe in the meantime, Alexander could start building up a reputation for pulling pranks. Well, that would that would just lead them back to, to him if a prank was pulled. That would lead them back to Alexander for the releasing of the animals, and he could pretend to have been duped. I'm just you know, laying groundwork for possible plans. Not saying we have to go through with all of them. Like, if Alexander starts a prank war now, then a week or two down the road, when, if, if we decide to do that plan, it would be more plausible that the drow, maybe, might have taken advantage of that to pull a more serious crime, if we have to do that. So, yeah, so it kind of looks like a sticking point now is whether or not you're going to try to pin this on another student for the theft, or try to make it look like it was never stolen in the, uh, the first well, place. Well, I'm saying, if we can do that, we should. But if we can't, better to have a fallback option. Huh. That gives me an idea. The two wards they gave to disable us is one of knock to open the locks, and the second one is an anti-disintegrate scroll. So if we get her to go down there and push her into this unfortunate disintegration spell... Ooh. Interesting. And then just sweep up the dust. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So I suggest a uh, quick research marathon to see if we can't uh, fake the amulet to start. I hope some of you are jewelry makers, because I just do the little uh, pasta strings. <laughs> um, <laughs> Talia, now that she's got access to the Thieves Guild, would probably be able to uh, uh, ask around and find a forger. I have contacts. So Talia and Alunodas can definitely uh, work the city to see if we can't find the other stuff we might need, whichever, whatever plan we end up going with. 
and Juliet and Alexander can work inside the tower to uh, do research and such to uh, help us plan the inside part of the heist. Wouldn't it be great if they sold like replicas of it, like the heart of the ocean, but like non-magical? <laughs> and like the tower gift shop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should check that out then. Truly. That'd be hilarious if we could make that happen. Right. It doesn't look like they got anything. Look at it. Safe and sound. The price tag is still on it. $24.99. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Me in Marilish. <laughs> Alright, so uh, so the as I understand it, the current plan is to see if if we can find a way to replicate it. And if so, then just send one person in to swap them out and go about our, our, our life as if nothing happened. And um, if not, then chaos. What, is it, what does it look like? Do we even it's, know that? That's what that's we're what figuring we're researching. out. Look, just let me go down there. I know exactly what it looks like. I can't give you a drawing because, trust me, dry drawings will not be good. Well, the drawing is what we would need to be able to fake it. Yeah, no, it's you, you. You know what it looks like. Yeah, like oh. you know, down to the stone and the cut and all of. Because if you know, like the stone and the cut and the we have a picture of it of in of that gold. book we found. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Okay, so you don't need to do a marathon research session. We have. Well, I'd still like, like to get the right cuts and the right colors. I mean, there's emerald green and then hunter green. Well, with stones, there's only so many colors they can be. Oh, I thought they were all over the place in color. I mean, if it, it's an it, emerald, then it's it's basically a certain, you know, se- one well, of the It depends on what impurities and what concentrations. Yeah. He's right that, uh, or she's right. Are you speaking in character? <laughs> I was never much of a geologist myself. So there it's are details, in character. But, <laughs> but there are uh, you know, varieties and so on. And depending on how often they do research and study on this thing, somebody might know exactly what it looks like. So it might be good to have a, a detailed knowledge of what it looks like. It's very true. I mean, we could also go down to like the jewel district or the, the shopping district and go through like a jewelry shop and see if she sees anything. I would recommend colored glass rather than actual gems, but you know. Well, yeah, cheaper. That's true. And easier to, to specify. Well, Color. I'll do the research anyway, because that's at least likely to give us the most accurate version. Now, I don't want any slip ups. If we already know what it looks like, and you're just hoping for more detail, then I say we go ahead and go with the replica plan, just straight up. But we might still want to start a prank war anyway, both of you actually, just so that we can have an excuse to get kicked out, which would be less suspicious than leaving the island suddenly for no good reason. That's not bad. Okay, so let me just recap here real quick. We're going to make a replica of the Savior Artifact. Correct. Is that good so far? Yep. Yes. Okay. Then what we're going to do is we're going to... Are we pinning this on anyone anymore? Or is this just we can go down there just fine? And I don't think we need to pin it on someone. If we can make a good replica and it's not likely to get noticed right away, I don't think we need to pin it on anyone now. Okay. That was just a fallback position as far as I was concerned after we came up with the replica plan. Okay, so then we have the person with the replica go down to the bottom floor, use the two spells to get past the traps, grab the amulet, and replace it 
with our replica and just leave, pretend nothing happened. Then, uh, is that good so far? Yep. Okay, and then... A few days, then, a few weeks later, the pair of you get kicked out for doing something egregiously stupid, but not particularly dangerous. And then we make our way back down to Carnley. Yeah, like insulting the leader. They're like, I heard he has a micro penis, or just a rumor. Disassembling his horse and putting it back together in his office. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, just something mean. Pants and arch wizard. Yeah, I don't see why we couldn't get into a mock mage battle. Fire a couple spells left and right about you know heated words. Get drunk, cast improper charms on a goat. Um, improper charms on a goat. Ah, reminds me of times. Or attacking, getting drunk and attacking other students. That's true too. That's a pretty easy one. I would think getting kicked out would be the easy part. It is okay. a much better. It is a much better cover than just disappearing. And if anyone does become suspicious, then I can still bolt and they won't be able to find me or the amulet. Yep. I like that we have a couple of plans, you know, including a fallback. Still wish we could light everything on fire, but whatever. Um, So it sounds like we have two sets of research we need to do. Find out exactly what the amulet looks like up in the tower and down in the city. Um, Look for a competent and quiet forger. With enough money, any forger's quiet. Yeah, that sounds like it. So just so that we're on like a plan B kind of mindset here, what do we do if uh, we can't figure out what it looks like? Just to go back to the pin the plan on the draw thing? That's what I'm thinking. Easy enough. Uh, yeah, so while we're, that bit? yeah, while we're preparing for it, we can probably just go on and get the uh, anti-scry ring. Yeah, or if that's too expensive, just something to stop people from scrying her position. So oh. we can probably just dump the body. Is where well, if we need to do that, we can always um, just disintegrate her, like Juliet suggested. But where would we dis- where would we disintegrate her at? Just like go to the local morgue, like, hey guys, can I just borrow oh, that there's, incinerator there's real a quick? Spell inside the uh, chamber. There. I could probably use my channel divinity to do it. Yeah, so you can use. There's a ma- um, there's a disintegration ward down there, but you kind of don't know what the range of it is because you were told it is a mass disintegration spell. Um, <laughs> yep. But uh, Alexander also knows that uh, if you just, like, burn this body uh, to ash, uh, even the bones, and then dumped it in the, ri- the river, um, that would probably do the trick as well. No, well, I get that, but, like, it's going to be smelling like burning flesh, like, in a large vicinity. Like, how, where, where are we going to do it to where it doesn't just, like... A barbecue place. There are, you know crematoriums here uh barbecue places stuff like that oh no <laughs> i have an idea okay we have another advertisement planned um <laughs> what if we uh 24 7 all night crematorium um <laughs> and give it to a barbecue that is horrific and immoral and out of game i think it's genius but <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect though be like hey i'll sell you this meat i I, I, We're all pink on the I inside. Totally, uh, I totally uh, thought that maybe we could just chop it up and put it in with the meat that the the magical the species downstairs. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, Sweeney, we get there, it. There's right. Scott Tennerman. <laughs> that is a name I haven't heard in forever. What's that from again? It sounds South really. Park. Oh my god! <gasps> <gasps> 
<laughs> it all came back to me in a span of like three quarters of a second. Yeah, it's chilly day at uh, Hogwarts. Chilly day. <laughs> Delicious. Chili con carne. Yeah, Alunadas, with his love of cooking, would probably know the best way to serve a drow. Yeah. Yep, it's the, it's the ultimate Insane. payback. I'm uh, I'm more of a professional in the butcher way of killing uh, killing people that think they are close to me. She was really nice. I know, right? Yep. She was. Unfortunately, you know, we have a job to do, and racism happens to be a handy thing to take advantage of. Yep, all Paylor's children, they all gotta die. Honestly, I blame her for sneaking away from home before she turned 80. I mean, no, it's her fault, really. I mean, she's here without her mother's permission. So I say we execute this plan like ASAP. I have my own concerns about that, but in-game I probably wouldn't know, so... Yeah, let's... let's, uh, Are we still trying to do the... The The replica thing, yes. The replica? Okay, yeah, let's, let's... Let's try, like, let's see if we can even do that, because if we can do that, then I feel like we'll all be much safer. Yes, yes, definitely. So uh, do the replica, or start planning on the replica thing, but also start uh, getting a reputation for minor stupid pranks with Juliet and Alexander, so that we can get kicked out eventually, and or oh no, and if necessary, pin something on the drow, make it look like she took advantage of their pranking to get in and steal the amulet. If we have to do that. All right, so let's do a montage. <laughs> and then we'll play the uh, the music from uh, Rocky Four in the background, as you know he's you know pulling you know wheelbarrows through snow and chasing chickens. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll say that uh, Shane and Alexander, are you going to start like pulling pranks uh, around the uh, the tower, uh, like in the classroom and library and in the students' quarters? to get a reputation for that or is that beneath Juliet's dignity can Edo pull a prank (laughs) (laughs) kind of dignity are we talking about here (laughs) and Juliet seems like a quiet dignified type yeah that's probably true so is she willing to uh, take one for the team get a reputation for pranking we do need to get kicked out of the school eventually alright alright I mean I could do it but well uh, yeah I you know I suppose I could but uh, there might be a couple of bloody noses and stuff if things go south, so. And uh, Alexander, are you doing the same thing? Yeah. Like, uh, what kind of things will uh, you be doing? I got one. So, put maybe like a magical, like, um, fart pillow, or just a regular fart pillow. You could probably use uh, prestidigitation for that. Yeah. To make people sound like they're farting in class. Mm-hmm. But that the casting of prestidigitation is still very obvious. It is, but you kind of want to get caught, It's just right? a minor prank. Gluing everybody's furniture to their ceilings in the dorm with magic. Or, or just with glue. <laughs> Three spells on the stairs. Making the dorm smell like rotten eggs with uh, prestidigitation. <laughs> so we'll say that uh, you guys do that. And then uh, Talia, we're going to say that you go to the... Uh, Back to the uh, the greasy fingers, and you uh, start asking around for a uh, a discreet forger. Discreet, that's the word. I'm well, I guess before you even do that, you're going to need to know uh, what this thing looks like. Yes. So let's go back to Juliet. So Juliet, um, how are you wanting to get into? I think that's level six. That's the uh, magical theory and history. 
library? Yeah. The method I was thinking of is going around asking the teachers by showing how great my grades are and how much I, I just want to get right into the learning and is it okay if I study a little bit, even if it's under watch? Uh, give me a persuasion check. A Natural 20. 20. Nat 20. So, I mean, um, it doesn't matter on that sort of check, but still. Right. Um, so we're going to say that uh, you're talking to uh, Enchanter Klein, and uh, she's been taking notice of how well you've been doing in class and your intellectual curiosity, and she's going to uh, get you advanced access uh, to this floor to study the stuff that you're really interested in. Perfect. So um, once you get access to that library, you are going to be able to find a book on the uh, artifacts of the saviors and uh, you'll be able to find a detail detailed description of what the uh, the amulet of dominion looks like uh, with kind of like a, a drawing that's actually in color of the uh, oh, wow. it's painted it's a painted illustration of what it looks like does juliet do any uh, personal research while she's in there how personal are you talking? Oh, well, you just look for other stuff is what I'm saying. She's always looking oh, for Oh, if there's yeah? time, then definitely. Julia's just going to read up on anything she can. Um, before you do that, um, are you going to remove this uh, image or are you going to try to like draw or trace it and take notes? Uh, I was thinking more along the pages of just ripping the page out quietly. Probably not the best idea, but... The book starts screaming, the librarian comes. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to take that uh, route, you can uh, tear the uh, the page out. The tower shuts down, locked <laughs> up. No, you just feel really bad because you've defiled a book. I know, right? I've burned so many libraries. Um, so now that you've got that, uh, we'll switch back to, to Talia. You, uh, let's say that you give her the uh, drawing and the description of the amulet. She goes to the uh, the greasy palm and asks around for a discreet forger, and uh, you find one. He's looking at the uh, the drawing and he's uh, like, uh, "So, how do you want to go with this? Do you want to go with an absolute replica, or do you want to do this cheap?" I want it to be convincing. And if you can do convincing for for less money, that'd be great. But the fa for it to be convincing is most important. Okay. Well, I could be pretty convincing, and you know, I could plate some some steel and or some iron uh, with gold, and uh, we could use glass for the gems. I'm thinking maybe a week and a half, a week, depending if you want this a uh, rush job. Um week and a half should be fine okay and as far as the price doing this on the cheap mm, i'm gonna say maybe 150 gold sounds reasonable i mean i do the best work in the city uh, that's why i picked you it sounds reasonable all right what is this thing anyway never mind never mind i don't want to know just an old lady's heirloom so we'll say uh a week and a half goes by and uh the uh, forger, um, you go back to the forger shop and he has it ready for you. All right, uh, I'll go ahead and give him the 150 plus 20 for a tip. All right, he says, thanks very much. You know where to find me if you need anything else. I'll take the, the necklace back to the hotel room um, and 
show it to uh, Juliet, who would know if it if it looks convincing enough. I will compare it to the uh, compare it to the page based on. <laughs> Give me a uh, investigation check. A four, perfect forgery. Yeah, you think it's perfect. <laughs> we'll just have to hope. I mean, the rest of us can look at the picture and compare what we have to what uh, was actually made. Yeah. I don't okay. know. You guys don't have access to the library. Well, you tore the page out, I thought, yeah? Yeah, but it's my page. No, I'm not going to be like that. Go If you guys want to, I guess. That's up we, to we just want to be. We just want to be convinced that we have a good replica is all. We're not, uh, you can keep the page as far as we're concerned. Or as far as the Lunadas is concerned. I shouldn't speak for the others. Well, I rolled an investiga- investigation check just in case. Okay, so with the uh, 21, Talia, you were looking at it. Um, you think it's really good, but it, it seems like just a little small. Not like something that you would like, unless you were like looking like right at it, you know, with like in comparison to the other one, you would think that it's probably it, but it, it just looks like a little smaller than the, uh, the exact one that's on the page. Um, I, I tell the guys this and ask them what they think. If I, if they think I should go back to the forger and ask him to make it a little bit bigger for, you know, a fee, or is there some kind of a spell that can make it slightly larger? I think it's fine. Does this thing get regular study, or is it just kept in the vault for safekeeping? Uh, you don't I mean, know that. So far as we know. I imagine it's for safekeeping. If they have a disintegration spell and a lock, there's there's probably a good reason for it, but not if it's going to be accessed all the time. Plus, it's in a glass case. So, currently, you've got the, uh, the replica of the artifact. Juliet and Alexander have been pulling pranks uh, around the school and getting a reputation, so that's uh, the second part of your plan. So, what do you want to do now? Well, I guess I have to live up to being the prankster. Uh, not yet. At first, we have to, unless you're talking about breaking in and replacing the thing. Oh, no, no, no. I can do that if you want me to, but... There's uh, still the matter of... Uh, if you're trying to get everyone into the tower, the matter of getting the robes. Um, do Juliet and Alexander think they need our assistant in getting into the vault and getting the thing out of the case? Or might it just be Juliet and Talia going in alone? Or Alexander and Adel for some reason? I don't know. Or just, or even just one person might be less suspicious. Yeah, just Juliet alone. I can what certainly do, do that. But uh, if I get caught... You guys will have to have no recollection of me or the forgery. Of course not. It's just another prank. Rather more serious than most, but another prank. It's just a prank, bro. God. Uh, Alexander also has access to the tower, too. True. Very true. Perhaps you could create some sort of distraction. It doesn't have to be illegal or prankster or anything, but... Or we could just head down there. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I can just go there myself. Just go for it. That. Just go on and scope it out. And if you get caught at any stage, you can always just claim it was a prank. I thought I'd go in and take a look in the vault. Stupid, yes, but yeah, you I'll have a reputation. Bypass the hyper lock door and the anti disintegration spell. That that was easy. You're also very determined to prove that you're an awesome, awesome magician. <laughs> Alright, so screw it. I guess I'm going in alone. Can I come in? <laughs> what will you help me with? Murder. Uh, we're not killing anyone. This but, needs to uh, be very, very delicate. You sure you don't want to take... It's in a glass case. Is the case locked? You might need to take... Um, Talia tiny person. Talia. 
So if there's only two of you going into the tower, if you want Talia to go with you, um, she could uh, use uh, Alexander's robes. Yeah, that'll work. If you don't mind, Alexander. Double them up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a like a you'd be able to find like a sewing kit in the room uh, where you could like tack the robes up and make some adjustments. Good enough for me. So I'm going with you. Yes. Alrighty then. So we got your robes. Uh, Alexander, can she use your sigil as well? Take it. Alright. Okay, so uh, Talia and I are going to enter the tower at a... Uh, what were we planning to do this? I thought it was like a reasonable daytime hour. Is that correct? So we don't arouse suspicion? Um, either that or go in late at night when there's nobody there. We might encounter less people trying to study it late at night than, you know, reasonable daytime hours. That is true. And since I'm in ropes, it won't look too suspicious if we're there super late. Ah, uh, good point. And no one's going to recognize your face. Exactly. All right, cool. So we're going to go in at night, late at night. All right, so we'll say that this is probably, uh, let's say, two weeks um, from the time that you first uh, formulated this plan. So you've actually um, been here about two and a half weeks. So you've got like a week and a half left on... Um, um, the payment on your room so um we're gonna say that you uh you leave the inn um let's say what m- midnight one o'clock in the morning uh yeah okay so uh you leave um it looks like there's someone working the desk uh down the inn um are you just gonna like walk out the door do you want to try to sneak out um we should probably try and sneak out i'll be honest you're good with that, right, Talia? Of course. Yeah, just keep the ropes off until we get outside and find some place to change into them. Should I put on my sneaky robe? Or my sneaky cloak? I don't see why you shouldn't use both. Take the robe in case you get direct detected and you get the other robe or cloak. Um, so you're sneaking out of the inn. Uh, both of you give me stealth checks and Hannah, you will get uh, advantage on your stealth check. What does it, uh, how do I make it do advantage? Roll it again. All right. So, uh, Juliet, you got a 17 and Hannah made an 18. So you get down to the, uh, the bottom of the elevators and you see, um, that there's an attendant, um, working downstairs, but it looks like he's, uh, doing some paperwork and he walks back to the office and, uh, you're both able to, uh, sneak out of the inn without him uh, seeing you. So we'll say that uh, you make it to the tower, and um, are you, Talia, are you putting on, you both get your student robes on at this point? Yes. So uh, you walk up to the door, and it opens wide. And uh, you look inside, and it doesn't appear that uh, there's anyone in here at this hour. Fantastic. We'll go up to the elevator then. Okay, so uh, you get into the elevator, and nothing happens. That's because we have to say the password for the sub-level 9, which so, is the Citadel, I believe? Yep. Is that what they call it? Yep. So you check the scroll given to you by Steph the Archmage, and you speak the words Citadel and the password Iridel Golem Neck. And then the elevator begins to move, and you feel a little uneasiness in your belly as you begin to uh, descend quickly. And after a few moments, you stop, and the door opens. You find yourself in a dimly lit hallway. The floor is tiled with uh, white marble and the walls are a dark wood. The ceiling is about 20 feet high in the same dark wood. 
there's five statues of warriors on the right side of the hallway with great swords. And at the end of the 40 foot hallway is a large bronze double door. So this is the hallway that you were warned about. There's no guards here, uh, but you were warned about, warned about a particularly nasty mass disintegration ward. Steph told you to detect magic and cast the dispelling magic from the scroll you yep. were given to defeat the ward. And she also gave you a password to get this amulet, amulet off this floor. She explained that each item is bound to the citadel and it can only be removed from the floor using a password. And the password for the amulet is Mindbender. That was in the, uh, the writing she gave you about the uh, amulet itself. Do you want to give me a uh, detect magic? Already done. All right. So when you detect magic, you don't see any ward on the door. However, you do see a ward on the elevator door. Give me a, uh, do you have identify or, well, just give me an arcana check. Okay. And, uh, I do have the identify spell if that's necessary. 22 arcana. Okay. So with the, uh, 22, uh, on your arcana check, uh, you can tell that the, uh, the ward on the elevator is, uh, divination magic. And, uh, you probably think that this is some sort of like, uh, alarm spell, which may have something to do with uh, like trying to get an item off this floor that uh, you were given a password for. Oh, got it. So uh, what are you doing? Are you going closer to the door, the bronze door at the end? Uh, yep, got to keep detecting magic. Watch out for that disintegrate spell. All right, so um, with your detect magic, you're still not detecting anything on this door. Uh, you're not detecting any sort of evocation magic uh, that might be used for that disintegration spell. And you're also not detecting any magic uh, that would be like a, uh, a lock spell on the door. About how close are you now? I mean, I'm walking as close as possible. Okay. Or if Talia gives me an alarm, maybe she sees something out of place. Uh, both of you give me a perception check. <laughs> Five. <laughs> That's a five and a four. Uh, which uh, I know uh, Juliet's passive's ten. What's your passive, Hannah? Also ten. Okay, um, you're not really noticing anything in this hallway. We'll say that you're like, how far away would you say you are from the door? I'd say probably halfway down the hall. Okay, not seeing anything. All right, this is way too easy. Agreed. These uh, statues of warriors, are they different warriors? Are they the same warrior? Do they look, I don't even know what they they each look uh, different, like different kinds of armors, and some have beards and some don't. Gotcha. But uh, they all, uh, some of them appear human, some appear elven, some appear dwarven. Yeah, but fuck it. I'm just going to walk all the way to the door, unless I hit something, and uh, then I'm probably dead, but... Okay, give me another perception check. And I like scaring the hell out of you with all these checks. <laughs> of course. Should I also do a perception a perception check? If you're walking closer to the door, yeah. Uh, three. <laughs> you're so <laughs> fucked. Okay, yeah, that n- neither one of those DCs are. You're not high enough for the DC. Um, so you get up to the door. All right, so the door doesn't seem to have anything magical either, correct? Uh, it does not. But it's a double door, so there are two doors there. 
he could hide the disintegration spell behind the other one. You, I mean, you're not, you're not seeing anything magical on this door or surrounding it or the floor or the ceiling. It doesn't appear to be like any sort of magic on the door. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'm going to grab the handle and try and open it. Okay. As you grab the hand, as you grab the handle, you notice that the door is slightly ajar. Oh, shit. All right. Well, I guess it's balls to the wall time now. There's no I'm magic on the other door, up. right? I'm going to pull my hood up. Okay. And what did you say you were ju- doing, Juliet? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, making sure to detect magic on that second door as I open that. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's no magic on it. All right. You ready for anything? Going to uh, open up the door, second door carefully inside. All right. So uh, you peek inside the uh, the door. Um, I'm assuming, are you walking in or are you just cracking it and looking in? Just cracking it for now, but... Uh... Okay, so you look inside the room and you see that the lighting is much better in here. There's torches along the walls of this oval room. The floors and walls and ceiling are lead. And you see runes carved into the surface of uh, all the, uh, the walls and floors and ceiling. Um, you see all sorts of like pedestals and magical items uh, on the walls, uh, you know, like weapons and pole arms and things that look like they're just, you know, maybe staves all throughout this room. Nothing appears to be magic in here. You've got like your tech magic up. And when you look inside, um, there doesn't appear to be anything magical in this room. Uh, give me okay. a wisdom check. 12. All right. So even uh, you would remember that there's an anti-magic field in this room. Yep. And that <laughs> nothing in here would be magical. And as soon as you walk into this, uh, your detect magic's going to be um, dispelled. Yep. Okay. Well, that makes things somewhat easier. There seems to be like a large opening at the end of the right uh, is that is that also covered in similar lead and ruins? Um, it's covered in lead, but not the ruins. Okay. Uh, you think down? You think oh, this? You think this area is probably the uh, the research area that um, Steph was talking about that wasn't covered by the anti magic field? Oh, okay. All right. So. If there's any sort of pattern or rune or whatever on the floor, I'd like to make note of that and avoid it. And uh, just motion for Talia to come follow me. Uh, give me perception check. Man, you just like watching me roll these low numbers, don't you? Three. <laughs> and uh, Talia got a ten. So you see runes, um, you know, periodically all throughout this, you know, you can't tell any rhyme or reason about spacing and you don't recognize uh, what any of the runes would do. All right. Well, since it's anti-magic, it shouldn't be that big a deal to just walk across the room. And at the very end of the room should be the necklace or amulet rather. Uh, that's what you were told. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. So, but I'm also going to keep, no, never mind. Yeah. Just going to walk straight down the aisle to the one at the end slowly all right so uh as you walk uh down this hallway you can see uh inside these uh pedestals which are like these glass cases all throughout here you've got like a weapons rack against that uh south uh, east wall that has all kinds of swords and hammers and pole arms and in each one of these uh, glass cases as you walk through 
You can see rings and wands and crowns and tomes um, inside each uh, one of these cases. Um, so uh, you notice uh, each item is either in a case or on a rack, and each item appears to be secured with a mundane lock. So if you were trying to get into any of these cases or pull like any of this stuff out, you would have to uh, have a key to unlock it. And at the back of the room, as you get closer, there's a case that uh, houses the, the artifact that you're looking for. Okay. So are you uh, going up to the uh, pedestal? I am actually going to cast Prestidigitation to see if the anti-magic field extends this far. Uh, okay. If it fizzles, I mean, that's... You cast it and nothing happens. Okay, perfect. So uh, I'm going to take a look at the case and motion Natalia, because I'm guessing it has a lock on it. I'll, I'll go up to the case. So uh, as you get up to the glass case, you notice the glass is a, uh, the case, the glass on top of it, the pedestal, is ajar. Are you going to no. uh, go up and like look inside the case? I won't I'm get. afraid to. Uh, Juliet's going to look inside the case. Okay, so you look inside the case, and there's no amulet there. But there's a piece of parchment. God damn. All right, fuck it. I'm going to take the piece of parchment out and read it. It reads in a um, clunky hand, I owe you one amulet of dominion. Apologies. Cassock Stonefoot. What a dick. The fuck? Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Howdy, folks. I'm Gerg of Cousin Gerg's Barbecue and Crematorium, and I'd like to take a minute to address some of the slander about my business. We have some of the finest slow-cooked barbecue in the Plains Nation, and yes, we offer all hours crematorium services, but never the twain shall meet. Rest assured that your delicious combo platter of pulled pork and mutton never touched the remains of someone's loved one. Death comes for us all, at all hours, and we answer the call, but that doesn't mean you could be eating a person. You have my word, we keep it separate. So if you have a hunger in your belly, or sadness in your soul for the loss of a loved one, we can help. Cousin Gerg's Barbecue and Crematorium, we're always open. The music you heard on this episode was Rights, Metaphysics, Crowdhammer, Folk Round, The Snow Queen, and Private Reflection by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. You can find that at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.